A free kick to Cats superstar Patrick Dangerfield late in the third quarter for pushing him in the back. That's the latest news in sport. I'm Annette Lee. On her forehead, a name was written. Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. What? Whoa, <laughs> Sorry, did I scare you there? What is going <laughs> on here? Just making sure you're all awake on this wonderful Monday morning. Yeah, and, wow. Uh, if you haven't guessed, our Bible study today, on Karen with God, is going to be about Babylon and Armageddon. What? But before we get there... Let's hear another clue for the quiz. Okie dokie. So this is What Am I? And we have heard a few clues already, but this clue is the Lord commanded Jeremiah to make one of these and place it on his own neck. What is it? Ooh. Interesting. If you think you know the answer, give us a call on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Or send us a text on 0491-064-669. Or send us a message on Facebook or Instagram or wherever else you'd like to get in touch with us from. Yeah. Any yeah. of our portals. That's it. Work. <laughs> okay, let's have a look. Um, we're going to be doing uh, Babylon and Armageddon as part of our Bible study. Our Bible study, by the way, we say this so often, but we love saying it because it makes us feel warm and fuzzy, is being done by 20 million other people as part of a worldwide global community movement. And uh, and our study guide is called Preparation for the End Time, and it's published um, worldwide. You can pick up a copy just like you buy a book, you know, mm. and you can go to the bookstore and buy a book. Yep, Mom's um, sending me to get her yeah, the, next the next one. one. The next one cause it comes out every three months, really yep. like 2 $3 or something. Yeah. And um, and you can pick up a copy. And uh, But if you want a copy of this book, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. We'll send you one. Um, okay, so we're going to quickly rehash what we learnt last week. Which was all about the uh, the seal of God, the Sabbath, and then the mark of the beast, which is false worship. So, um, you know, I have some quotes that I want to read to you. I actually want to read them too because, very interestingly enough, they're from the book that Adam, our interview today, uh, quoted as changing his life. Mm. He read a book, an amazing, life changing book called The Great Controversy. And actually, many people's lives have been changed by reading this book. It really is uh, an incredible um, a piece of work. And the quotes today are from the Great Controversy. So I'm going to read them to you. Just as soon as the people of God are sealed in their foreheads, it is not any seal or mark that can be seen, but a settling into the truth, both intellectually and spiritually, so they cannot be moved. Just as soon as God's people are sealed and prepared for the shaking, it will come. Indeed, it has already begun. The judgments of God are now upon the land that we may know what is coming. The Sabbath will be the great test of loyalty, for it is the point of truth especially controverted. When the final test shall be brought to bear upon men, then the line of distinction will be drawn between those who serve God and those who serve Him not. While the observance of the false Sabbath in compliance with the law of the state, contrary to the fourth commandment, will be an avowal of allegiance to a power that is in opposition to God. The keeping of the true Sabbath true Sabbath, in obedience to God's law is an evidence of loyalty to the Creator. While one class, by accepting the sign of submission to earthly powers, received the mark of the beast, the other, choosing the token of allegiance to divine authority, received the seal of God. 
There you go. That sums it up quite well, that, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I was going to say, that's a very good summary of what yeah. we talked about last week. So that's what we learned last week. We learned that, you know, one, the seal, the Sabbath, the keeping the Sabbath is our allegiance to God mm. and that the mark of the beast is um, bending and bowing down to uh, submission to earthly powers, you know, to, to governments and to people and, and, and false worship and, you know, not wor- not observing the Sabbath. Mm. So we're going to move on and learn about Babylon and Armageddon. Now, people have often heard about Babylon. Uh, yes. I think without even realizing what exactly it is or, you know, his its historical um, significance. I think many people might not even realize it's a real place. It's often quoted in songs. There's so many songs even today that come out that talk about Babylon. Um, and, uh, and we're going to have a look at this. Okay. Um, so the, the book of Revelation, as we've already noted, uh, comes filled with images and language and you know and and often this is taken directly from the old testament actually uh for example for instance the name babylon appears six times in revelation but it is not talking about the ancient kingdom which was ruled by nebuchadnezzar uh which had passed from world history hundreds of years earlier Uh so it it is it was a real city it was a real place but it's not talking about that real place okay and 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 by the time the new testament rolls around Babylon's been long gone. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, instead, actually, John, uh, the writer of uh, Revelation, is using Old Testament imagery to express a truth. Okay. Uh, and in this case, Babylon, it was a massive political and religious power and it had oppressed God's people and uh, and it now describes the massive religious and political powers that will seek to do the same thing in the end times. Yeah. So it's saying, you know, look back at Babylon. Babylon was huge power. It was oppressive to God's people. Do you remember that? That's how it's going to be okay. in the future. You're going to yeah. have this massive political, strong power, superpower, it's going to oppress and uh, and um, and, uh, and and hunt down God's people. It's going to be the same in the end. So it's saying like another Babylon yeah. is kind of coming. That's quite clever, isn't it? Yes. Using you know something that a reference, a point of reference that the people know mm-hmm. and understand, mm-hmm. and I guess have been fearful of. Yeah. Um, because you know this legend of Babylon has. I mean, it wasn't a legend. It was something Real. that really yeah. happened. You know, to the history of Babylon has been mm-hmm. passed down through the ages. You know, um, generation after generation of people have been warned. You know, like this is what our you know yeah. grandfathers and great grandfathers mm-hmm. and great 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 you know grandparents had to go through like we don't want to go back to that therefore we're going to follow the law of god right yeah yeah. um but now there's you know john has been having these visions that this babylon that they've so wanted to avoid this um you know the one that they've heard story after story about that's what they're likening the end time to yeah yeah, so it's, it would have been scary. It's a very clever way to help people understand something. Definitely, yeah. Um, is to, and that people, we do it all the time, you know, oh, we for use sure. metaphors and, yeah. you know, all kinds of ways of, of explaining um, anything to someone. You liken it to something they already understand. Yeah. It's actually a great teaching technique. Anyway, um, so something similar happens with this word Armageddon. Um, you know, we have the word Babylon, we yeah. have the word Armageddon. So, so what's the word Armageddon? What's Armageddon? I think it's when your arms are getting sore. Oh, you arms know, are getting lifting weights. Sore no. from going to the gym. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, it, it, it's a word that it actually it occurs only in Revelation, uh, but it is based on a Hebrew phrase um, that seems to mean Mount of Megiddo. 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 I have no idea how to pronounce that. Who knows? 
uh, and it's actually a reference to a location in ancient Israel. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But there is, you know, there is a great deal of, of speculation um, existing about Armageddon. Mm-hmm. Uh, many people they were looking for a massive military battle to take place there in mm. Megiddo, yeah, um, near the end of the world. In fact, there's a, a, several religions that believe that there has to be a battle that takes place in the plains of Megiddo now oh. uh, for for the world. To and end. where is Megiddo? Like, um, it's in the middle near east Jerusalem somewhere. somewhere? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. There's actually like a plain of Megiddo. I think oh, it's called cool. the plain of Megiddo, and they're like. Yep, this is where Armageddon is going to happen. And until there's a battle that takes place on this field, the world ain't going to end. It's not going to end. Yeah, Jesus and that's come. one of the beliefs that comes from from misunderstanding uh-huh. Babylon and Armageddon. Yeah. Uh, so all this week we will be looking at Babylon and Armageddon, and we're going to be seeking to learn like, what exactly the Bible is telling us about these images. Do you know? Is are we really awaiting a battle on a specific location mm. somewhere in the Middle East. You know, because Lyle was actually mentioning this this field. I think he's been there and he's looked at it and oh, he wow. was like, this is not the place for a, for a, anything really. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make any sense. Nothing's going to happen here. Yeah, indeed. So we're going to check out um, another phrase actually. Uh-huh. The wine of her wrath. Wow. Yeah. That sounds a little bit... Uh, that doesn't sound like a pleasant drink at all. No. No, the wine of her wrath. Okay, so we're going to have a look in the book of Revelation. Uh, We're going to look up one, two, three, four, five, six verses. Okay. We're going to have a look at six references to Babylon in the book of Revelation. So I need to get my Bible ready and my fingers turning. Yeah, we're going to get super fast fingers turning. Um, The six references uh, of Babylon in the book of Revelation, I've got all of them. We need to keep in mind the story of Babylon as it appeared in the Old Testament and you know, and what do these texts teach us about Babylon as it appears in the context of last day events? Like, okay, like us now. What is old time? How does it affect us now? Okay, so, so compare and contrast. Got it. You got it. Okay, so let's have a look. The first verse is Revelation fourteen verse eight. Okay, and I'll get the next one ready, which will be Revelation sixteen verse nineteen. If you would like to turn your Bibles with us, you're more than welcome to do so. However, if you're driving, do you know what? Just keep your hands on the wheel. We'll do the turning for you. Don't worry. I mean, turn if you're turning a corner, but we'll <laughs> turn our Bibles for you. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. Revelation 14 verse 8. Okie dokie. It says, And another angel followed saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. There's that phrase that we're looking at today, wine of the wrath Wrath. of her fornication. Mm -hmm. And there's our reference to Babylon. It seems like... Has it fallen over? Has it tripped down the stairs? Well, it says it's fallen. It's <laughs> fallen. Usually, that means like a, the like a, an empire has yes. has come undone. Yeah, as opposed to just something falling down the stairs. I have Revelation sixteen verse nineteen, which says, oh, "Where's my finger gone?" The great city of Babylon split into three sections, and the cities of many nations fell into heaps of rubble. So God remembered. All of Babylon's sins, and he made her drink the cup that was filled with the wine of his fierce wrath. So here we have Babylon that's drinking something. It's drinking. Okay. It's drinking a cup of uh, fierce wrath. Uh-huh. So Babylon being like you know likened, it's being a personification. It's being yeah. used as a person. Uh, do you want to read seventeen verse five? Yes, I have it here. It says, "And on her forehead a name was written: Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abomination of the earth." 
Mm. Interesting. So more of this personification, more of this referring to Babylon yep. as a as a as a woman or as a yes. person. Um, I have eighteen verse two. Uh, we are here just going through every single reference to Babylon in the book of Revelation. There's six of them. We're chugging through all of them. So eighteen verse two says, "He gave a mighty shout. Babylon is fallen. That great city is fallen. She has become a home for demons. She is a hideout for every foul spirit." A hideout for every foul vulture where, and every foul and dreadful animal. It does not sound like a nice no, place. No, no, no. It doesn't sound like a nice <laughs> zoo or something you take your no. kids to. This sounds like a place you want to avoid at all costs. Yeah. 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 So I've got 18 verse 10. Um, standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. Oh, so she was a big. She was she was a mighty great yes, city, a great I, city, a mighty city. I have the last verse, eighteen okay. verse twenty one, and it says, "Then a mighty angel picked up a boulder the size of a huge millstone. Oh, he threw it into the ocean and shouted, just like this, the great city of Babylon will be thrown down with violence and will never be found again.' My word." Wow. So we have we have all this imagery, and we were t- we were we have to think of you know how this relates to end time events. Yeah. So we have uh, let's have a look at what we got. We got a city that's obviously big and powerful. Yes. We got a city that is obviously up to no good. Yep. She sounds dreadful. It's hiding some pretty <coughs> horrible things in there, demons and mm-hmm. other things that your verse read out. Dreadful yes. animals and that kind yep. of thing, vultures. Mm-hmm. And then it also has a very distinct ending. Yes. It's destroyed. We're getting this theme that it is fallen. Yeah, it's fallen. It's, <laughs> it's destroyed. The judgment is down. coming. Yeah. Yep. It has to drink wine of wrath. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of wine drinking and wrath drinking and, and um, it's it sounds like it's yeah it's kind of mm. doomed yes so but not before it's end it sounds like it puts a lot of people through a lot of pain so um you know and it has been said that the bible oh hang on a sec <coughs> it's been said that the bible it, it's, like a, it's like a tale of two cities almost. yeah well there is there's a good city and a bad city yeah. right babylon is obviously the bad city mm. and then in contrast to that we have this good city jerusalem yeah. where you know god it's there's that bible verse that um you know that Jesus is looking over Jerusalem, and he's mm-hmm. like, "I'm like, I just want to gather my chicks under my yeah. wings like a mother hen gathers uh-huh. her chickens." You know, so God looks at Jerusalem and, and his people. That's where his people live, and Babylon is the enemy. And you actually find this theme three uh, frequently, yeah, Fre- frequently, <laughs> very frequently, <laughs> yes, frequently throughout the Bible. You'll find you have the, um, you know, what God has set up, and then you'll find a counterfeit yes that the devil has set up so you know we looked at that last week we saw the seal of god versus the mark of the beast yes and here we have the city of jerusalem and versing that we have the devil's babylon yeah so yeah very very interesting and um jerusalem and babylon and so while you know jerusalem it stood it stood for the city of god it was you know his covenant people all th- all throughout the bible um you know it was like it was linked with them. Um, we could have a look at like you know Psalms and Isaiah, and uh, but let's let's have a let's, I know let's just look at one of them. Let's look at Revelation three okay. verse twelve. Revelation three verse twelve. I'm flipping. I'm flipping my pages. Let's get there. And it says, 
He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. See, sounds yeah. so much nicer. Doesn't so it? much nicer. Lovely, this peaceful. beautiful city that's coming down from heaven that mm-hmm. God's name is going to be written uh-huh. on, and you know, this is great times. And this is everything that Jerusalem stood for. It was the city of God. It was you know His covenant between His people. And then you have Babylon. Babylon, which stood for oppression, violence, false religion. You know, outright rebellion against God. Yeah, um, that's Babylon. Babylon and Jerusalem. So you know, think for instance. Um, the Tower of Babel. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a story back in Genesis. Yeah, let's have a look at Genesis nine eleven. Uh huh. Um, and the Hebrew, the Hebrew word for Babel is actually the same word for the kingdom of Babylon. Oh, really? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. So it begins right back in Genesis. Then, hey, eleven verse nine. Eleven verse nine. Let me read that one for you. Therefore, its name is called Babel because there. There the Lord confused the language of all the earth. And from there, the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of all the earth. Mm-hmm. Okay, so right back at the beginning of time, just after the flood, right? After Noah and the ark and the flood, um, there was they tried to build this tower to get like all of the people up to heaven, up to God, because they wanted to reach God themselves. And avoid a flood. And avoid the flood. Yeah, because um, the flood had just happened and they wanted to try and save themselves. They never wanted to have mm-hmm. a flood that mm-hmm. would cover the all the earth again. Yeah, they figured, let's, let's not bother being true to God. Let's just work exactly. out our own salvation. We'll just basically. get there ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the word Babel there being the same word um, as the word Babylon. So it, it links together then, right? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and so I mean, even in our even in First Peter five thirteen, you'll see um, Peter sends greetings from the church in Babylon. He says, you know, your sister church here in Babylon sends you greetings, and so does my son Mark. So oh. you know, so um, it's it's generally understood not to mean from the ruins of the old kingdom located in in today's Iraq. That's where it is. Sorry, oh. uh, but from Rome itself. Okay, um, which was soon to be the church's oppressor. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. So um. Does God then just refer to like all of his enemies kind of as yeah. Babylon? Yeah. Yeah. And it's an interesting um, appellation like, of the book of Revelation and the role of Rome as presented in it. Because you see, Rome was about to, um, at this time where Peter was writing, about to oppress the church um, just the same way that Babylon had oppressed the true mm. worshippers. Uh, so we're going to have a look at Revelation 18 verse, sorry, 14 verse 8 again, and this time in uh, conjunction with 18 verse 3. So how Thank about, uh, how about I read 14 verse 8 this okay. time? Because I think you've read it like three times now. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> and you can read 18 verse 3. Okay, no worries. So 14 verse 8 says... <clears throat> That another angel followed him through the sky, shouting, Babylon is fallen, that great city is fallen, because she made all the nations of the world drink the wine of her passionate immorality. Mm, Slightly different version there. Yeah. Okay. And then 18 verse 3 says, For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Ooh. Yeah. Abundance of her luxury. So so what do these texts reveal, you know, about the... uh, malevolent influence, sorry, of Babylon on the world and on God's people? Well, I think it corrupts 
Mm, absolutely. I, I think that's what I'm seeing here. I'm seeing corruption. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing that everything that um, Babylon is, is linked to corruption. Mm-hmm. So we see the wine of the wrath, like... Mm-hmm. To me, that sounds like corruption, um, fornication and all of this other stuff. Like it just isn't aligning with God's principles. Yeah. It seems to be everything that is in opposition to God is what Babylon stands for. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, corruption is a great way to mm. use it because, you know, it's some of it sounds quite seductive. Yeah. So that it ends up, you know, in a bad way. Um, stay right there. We're going to have a closer look at, uh, you know, what the power that Babylon represents now as depicted in the book of Revelation. But before we do that, we're going to have a song. This is All Sons and Daughters Called Me Higher. I could just sit, I could just sit and wait for all your goodness, hope to feel your presence, and I could just stay, I could just stay right
morning and welcome back. This is the Encounter of God section <clears throat> with Taryn and Mon on the Faith of M Breakfast Show. Taryn, before we jump back into mm. Babylon and Armageddon and all yes. that kind of like all Ooh. of those scary words that we've been talking about this morning, <laughs> let's have a quick jump back to the quiz. Do you know what? It's actually been quite a, a weird quiz this morning. It has been. And not because necessarily because it's difficult, but because the answer is, I suppose, a, a quite archaic mm. item. Do you want to run through all the clues we've had so okay, far and I'll give us the latest one? Okay. I'll give you a little bit of a background to the clues that we've had. So... Uh, oh, yeah, that fancy name. Um, a runner mm-hmm. sold this to David so David could g- use it to burn a sacrifice. Okay. Number two, the fast God has chosen is to untie the cords of this and then break it. Number three, Peter rebuked those of the circumcision for placing this upon Gentile believers when they themselves could not bear it. Number four, the Lord commanded Jeremiah to make one of these and place it on his own neck. And number five, in my opinion, this is the easiest one. Well, as it should be as we're getting down the bottom here. Mm-hmm. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, for my blank is easy and my burden is light. What is this? What is the word that I skipped out there in mm, the blank? That's getting easier indeed. Yeah. Give us a call if you know the answer. The number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. You can text 0491-064-669. Jump on our Facebook, Faith FM Australia, or our Instagram, Faith FM Live, or jump on our website, faithfm.com.au, <laughs> or tweet at us. <laughs> I don't remember our tweet handle, though. <laughs> But I'm sure if you search for Faith of MSR, you'd find us there as well. We did last week have a uh, a prize winner who messaged us through our Instagram page. Yeah. Too yes, easy, indeed. hey? Yeah. It's, it's so many ways that you can get in contact with us. Um, so give us, give us a contact if you know the answer to what that item is. Mm. Okay. We're jumping back into uh, Babylon and Armageddon, our study today. And uh, we're having a look at uh, what the wine of her wrath means. So we've just read a bunch of verses where it, it continuously talks about Babylon and it personifies Babylon as a, it gives her like a, a gender and a, you yeah. Know, she talks about, talks about, the Bible talks about Babylon as a she. As a woman, as yes. As a woman. And, uh, and, and, and a total harlot. She's not a nice lady. Mm. And, uh, and she's, forcing people and nations and true worshippers mm. to drink the wine of her wrath. Okay. Um, so what does that mean? Yes. Yeah, so we just had a look at the two verses there. Let's quick, maybe let's quickly read them again. Okay. Um, Revelation 14 verse 8 says, And then another angel followed him through the sky, shouting, Babylon is fallen. That great city is fallen. Because she made all the nations of the world drink the wine of her passionate immorality. Okay. And 18 verse 3 says, For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth become rich through the abundance of her luxury. And like you said, Taryn, most aptly, she is clearly a corrupting power. Mm. Um, you know, there's no question that the power of Babylon represents, uh, as depicted in the book of Revelation, a greatly corruptive influence that extends across the world. Um, but we need to have to look at like, wh- how exactly she, is she being corrupting? Mm. Like, uh, what what has she got that's so corruptive? Yeah. Um, and so th- there's this phrase, the wine of her wrath of her fornication, 
Um, and this is this is the reference to um, to to what she's corrupting them with. She's forcing them to drink this this wine. Yeah, yeah. And so this is this actually is a reference to false doctrine, false teaching, and corrupt practices, um, as well as the end results that come from. Okay. Them. So false doctrine, false, and uh, we've actually seen this patterned quite frequently throughout throughout the um, our Bible studies. We've yeah. seen God's true purpose, His true mission, His true worship, mm-hmm. and then we've seen the devil's counterfeit. Yes. So anything that that God has instated, there's usually a counterfeit for yeah. it, and that counterfeit is the false doctrine. It's the false teaching. It's the false worship that the devil has, has in, you know, tried to influence corrupt people with. Mm-hmm. And that's the wine of her fornication. Okay. Fornic- so that makes sense then. So like, and I guess that's where the corruption comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, the God's people um, are on this track in, in worshiping him and following, you know, his law and his guidelines for life and, and just have a pure heart. Mm-hmm. But then, um, you know, when they enter Babylon, I guess, or, you know, Babylon comes along and corrupts them into, you know, drinking the wine of her wrath and, mm-hmm. you know, just introducing these false doctrines and false teachings and um, and through doing that corrupts them and changes them and turns yeah. them from following yeah. God. Yeah, ba- Babylon is a, it's a, it's a force for evil that mm. has spread to all nations. So using Babylon, the imagery from the old city that uh-huh. used to be um, to, you know, now as an end time, um, you know, force from the devil. Um, you know, everyone, everyone needs to, to sit up and needs to, and needs to be prepared, you know, and take, take, pay attention um, just, you know, so that you yourself don't become corrupted as well. Because yeah. if you look around at the world today and you look at the corruption, the confusion, the oppression – these things should teach us, you know, our need to be anchored in God and in His Word. Mm. And if you're not sure what we mean by like all the different, you know, corruptions, pick any, any doctrine out of the Bible mm. and then look at the world and how many different versions there are mm. of that. I mean, let's, let's pick, let's pick baptism. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the Bible clearly teaches us about baptism, right? But look at baptism in so many different religions and mm. so many different, um, you know, pockets around the world. They all do it differently. Yeah, that's it. Some sprinkle as babies, yes. some immerse them as babies. Yep. Some, Oil, water. Yeah, like, what's the true worship there? What's the it. true doctrine? What is it that God really wants us to do? Yeah. So we have like those, um, you know, the, all these false truths mm. that the devil has corrupted us with that yeah. Babylon, you know, has in her cup and her wine of, you know, yeah. her, her false doctrine, her big yeah. bowl of false doctrine. Um, you know, and we just looked at a really important one last week. We looked at the Sabbath, Sabbath right? worship. Yeah. And we looked at the false doctrine, you know, of, of Sunday worship. Mm-hmm. And that's the counterfeit. And that's one of these corruptions. Yeah. So basically anything that's false is, is you know, um, out of the Bible that's uh, like a false um, interpretation of it is a corruption. Yeah. And so this is why we need to understand our Bibles. That's right. Why it's so important to be books of the people. Um, sorry, people of the books. People books of, of the, the books. books. <laughs> people yeah. of the books. I got distracted because uh, our producer is waving at us. Is there somebody who wants to talk to us, Shell? Oh, no. Oh, someone someone got the quiz? Oh, yay. Okay. Well, we're going to finish up our study there anyway. Um, you can stick around for tomorrow. We're going to continue learning uh, more about Babylon. We're going to have a looking at uh, what it means when it says Babylon is fallen. And, uh, you know, we were discussing earlier, it doesn't mean Babylon fell down the stairs and scraped no. its knee. It, uh, it usually means when an empire has crumbled. But uh, we just want to say congratulations uh, to Chris from Swansea who answered the quiz. Oh. Um, 
and got the answer right. What was the answer? The answer was yoke. Indeed, Ma- it was and yoke. Jesus says, "For my yoke is easy and my burden is light." Amen. Yeah. So, what is a yoke, Mon? For those well, of us who don't know, well, when you crack an egg into a fry pan. Uh huh. No, I'm mm-hmm. kidding. <laughs> the yellow part was the yolk. Uh huh. Got it. Mm. <laughs> no, no. A yoke was. Uh, it was the wooden. Um, how do you describe like a like wooden a plank beam? Yeah, sort of but it had been carved and it had like uh, you know um, indented bits, and you put them across uh, different kinds of cattle. Yep. Um, to control them and sort of lead them, and so you, you might have seen yep. like a plow being mm-hmm. pulled by maybe two um, ox or yep. two cows or something, and the, and across their neck, across their back is a, is a, is a yoke. It's called, mm-hmm. and uh, and this was used to to um to harness the whole system yep. up, and so they would drag it along, keep them in line, make sure they don't pull away from each other make sure one doesn't uh-huh. go too fast than the other yeah it just keeps them a little bit equal yeah. and pulling the it's a, it's a wooden crossbow and, and this is what the beautiful thing jesus says you know when you follow me you take my yoke upon That's you it. but my, my yoke is easy yeah you know we take because up this was, burden for christ but it's not hard mm, that's it and there was one ox that usually pulled a little bit harder than the others and jesus is like i'm gonna do that for you amen so right there we have anthem lights with the hallelujah Claim Hallelujah, what a Savior Bearing shame and scoffing rude In my place condemned He stood
Welcome back to Faith FM. Congratulations again to our winner of today's quiz. The answer was, of course, the yolk. And uh, that was snapped up by Chris from Swansea. Chris, you will be receiving a soy and Eastern album in the mail soon. We hope you enjoy that. We have come to our cue of the day, mm. our question of the day. You, by the way, dear listener, can ask any question you like any time of the day. Just give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, and uh, ask your questions, and we will answer them on air. Now, we sparked a bit of a, an interest this morning, Taryn. You and I were speaking yes. about women in the Bible. We're talking about how the, the World Cup there, in um, the FIFA World Cup in, in Russia, how um, the Iran uh, spectators were holding up signs saying that women should be allowed in stadiums, which they absolutely Absolutely should be. I agree. Because women love soccer too. That's right. And uh, and uh, we started talking about, you know, Corinthians and what was happening there in, mm. the, in this pagan city that was having a conversion experience and how Paul was um, trying to create order. And, yep. um, and someone asked us a couple of questions and wanted to know more. And do you actually have some more information about I this? do have some more information, Mon. I have actually been to Corinth, right? And so let me tell you a little bit about what was going on. So what happened was that Corinth was actually a town situated on this little like um, canal that connected these two um, seas, these two oceans, right? And so instead of the sailors going all the way around the um the I don't know the countries and the mm-hmm. land and all of that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. in order for like back then, um, it was easier for them what would happen is they'd come to um corinth and they'd dock their boats there Mm -hmm. they would actually put them on these little contraptions like because like the canal was really um small yeah and sometimes um like the canal wasn't even big enough so they'd like just put them on land and kind of like wheel their boats like uh-huh. across land because it was like it was only a few kilometers sort of thing they between. still have that yeah they do they still yeah, have yeah. that yeah exactly and so so what was going on was that um Cor- corinth where um the church of corinthians was it was a super rough and tumble sort of town. It was full of sailors and, you know, we oh, all yeah. know... Sailors' reputations. Sailors' reputation, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so the town was actually full of um, temple prostitutes. Oh. So um, it had all of these other... Um, Greek goddesses um, that people would worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they would have all of these temples set up to all of these other gods. And they would, a, a main part of their worship was to have these temple prostitutes, right? Mm-hmm. And so in literally all of the other temples and churches in Corinth, the women were there as prostitutes. That mm-hmm. was their sole role mm-hmm. in being there. So the sailors would come, they would go, oh, great, that's a church. Therefore, they have prostitutes. I'm going to go and use and abuse those women. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why, another reason, you were talking about mm-hmm. the fact that um, women had a less uh, um, like education, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. another reason why Paul was telling the church in Corinth for the women to be silent in churches was because he didn't want the women to be used and abused. Mm. So in every other um temple and church the women when they would speak in church you know that was their whole role was to speak and to get the men to come and um sleep with them Mm -hmm. and all of that Mm -hmm. sort of stuff to conduct their prostitution you know paul didn't want that to be in the christian church because that's not what god intends for Mm. for his women Mm -hmm. and so he was like guys 
women, you need to be quiet in the churches because otherwise these sailors coming through are going to think that you're prostitutes and take advantage of you. Mm. And we don't want to represent ourselves as prostitutes. We want to rep- bring them to Jesus, not to the women. Absolutely. So that was just another reason why. And that's why it's so important to look at everything in context mm-hmm. because the context gives us so much more information about what's really going on. the context is often fascinating, learning about the history behind you know, the story. So yeah, definitely check that out. We're going to be back. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done, but now there's a new approach to help us be more forgiving, a program called Forgive to Live. It's designed to help us all improve our lives. You'll discover the healing power of forgiveness, a relationship breakdown, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. Through Forgive to Live, you can break this cycle and start living a more forgiving life. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. I have fixed my mind on another time, on another time. And here I mean to stand until God gives me
song so much same i love the story behind it yeah. too yeah, it's a beautiful story oh. that song is off my f- all-time favorite album pillars of our faith if yep. you can get a copy of that i absolutely recommend you do pillars of our faith beautiful album so gorgeous we are gonna give some stuff away for free Yahoo! we love, love free it stuff. Okay, get your phone out, get ready. You need to call us 1-800-FAITH-FM is the number to call 1-800-324-843. What are we giving away today? We are giving away the story of hope. Indeed. So I we've love been, it. We've been looking at some scary stuff. We have been looking at some encounters. scary stuff. The mm-hmm. wrath of fornication and yep. the wine of her wrath. The mark of the beast. And Babylon is fallen. Scarlet and beast. And judgment kind of and everything. And the question that this book asks is how did our world get so messed up? Why is there suffering? Where did all this evil come from? Will it ever end? That's a really good question. Yeah. these All are, of those questions. Yeah. They're, they're the questions that trouble many thinking people. Oh, actually. for sure. And, you know, because science has no answer and philosophy has conflicted conflicting answers so where do we find the truth yeah and this this book is actually written um by the same author of that book the great controversy yes. which we quoted today and was mentioned during our interview yeah um you know and the, and the bible th- this book challenges and it says this, you know the bible offers informations and solutions i love solutions that have stood the test of time and so it's, it draws on the bible it offers a glimpse behind the history's curtain reveals the origin of hi- evil um some of the ways god has dealt with evil in the past and his plan for resolving it completely in the near future. Wow. What a promise. Basically, if you've been enjoying our Bible studies, you will enjoy this book. Yeah. Um, You know, it's written by E.G. White, who is the world's most widely translated uh, female author. 
And, uh, you know, her stuff's been pub- uh, published in more than 165 languages. She always loved to write about Jesus and she Aww. always pointed to the Bible as a basis I love that. I mm. love that a woman is getting translated and getting out there. You know, yes. we talked about women oppression today and yes. that that is hope in and of itself, Amen. isn't it? That a woman author is so widely translated and, and someone writing for Jesus too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Using her talents. Yeah. So if you would like to get a copy of The Story of Hope, a glimpse into a time when suffering will be no more give us a call 1-800-FAITH-FM 1-800-324-843 our phones are already ringing uh, but maybe that's for something else who knows you yeah. never know keep keep it up keep calling us uh, we'll send you a copy of this book now Taryn yes it has been fabulous to have you on you on the show this morning oh, it's been amazing today I can get my words back to front today <laughs> it is back to front Monday back to front Monday <laughs> Monday if you're listening to the show and it is not Monday uh, during the 18th yes because you're on the delayed broadcast but do not fret you can jump across to our live show via the tune in app or via our website which is faithfm.com.au Stick around. We're going to have more great programming coming up today. And of course, we'll be back tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news. Hope you have a wonderful, blessed day.
shall fill my Oh